Welcome to the Breakthrough to Excellence podcast. I'm Jasmine Haley, healthcare provider turned educator, entrepreneur, and startup strategist. Not too long ago, I was burnt out, overwhelmed, depressed, and full of fear from a toxic work environment. I created my business out of necessity to create a legacy I can be proud of today. It helps me transform the lives of women every single day to pursue their dreams and entrepreneurial goals. I created this podcast to share the empowering stories of entrepreneurial women, help you break through self-doubt to your greatness, and share business strategies to help you create a thriving and profitable business. If you are an emerging entrepreneur or business owner that wants to create the mindset needed to escape burnout, reclaim your personal power, and pursue your entrepreneurial dreams, this podcast is for you. Stay tuned and listen in. Hey, this is Jasmine, host of the Breakthrough to Excellence podcast. And our guest for today is Karina Mora. She is a photographer. She is passionate about educating others about Mexico through art. I love that she is a creative entrepreneur. And one of the things that she focuses on is the fact that Mexican culture is more than Cinco de Mayo. It's more than margaritas. It's more than piñatas. And so she shares the beauty, the vibrancy, and the humanity of Mexico. And she's also sharing this through her journey as a mother to her children, just to appreciate culture and art. So we welcome you here onto the show. Thank you so much. I'm very excited about having this conversation with... I'm excited to have it with anybody, but I'm, I'm... Very grateful to have it on a platform and to be able to reach more people because it's an important conversation to have. Absolutely. Absolutely. So as you all know, listeners, if this is your first time listening in, I am someone that is very big about getting to the root of things and making sure that whatever you choose for your entrepreneurial journey it centers around what motivates you within your heart. And so I definitely cannot wait to share your story and also get a chance to dig in deeper. So tell us, tell us all, what led you to the road of getting into entrepreneurship? Yes. Well, the road to entrepreneurship start started very young. My father came to this country when he was in his teen years and worked so hard to provide for himself, his his wife, and then his family. And so I saw him working, going from working three jobs to working at, at like washing toilets to then moving up to a manager position to then owning his own company. At one time, he owned several businesses. My father is definitely my role model as when it comes to entrepreneurship. He taught me that that grit, that hard work, that pursuing your passion is definitely worth the journey, all the ups and downs. And I not only lived that through my childhood and seeing him, but he has also been an encouragement in my journey as well. So I started out as a wedding photographer in the Chicago area. And so that is where my entrepreneurial journey started. I started building this business with my husband when we first got married. And so we were a husband and wife team, wedding photographers in the city, living it up, um, enjoying the our, the couples that we interacted with, enjoying the whole journey. And um, there was one moment, I believe in like five years ago, that really 
has been the crux of my pivot to pursuing this, this other area of photography and diving in deeper in the arts to then bring more story and meaning from my culture, from what I saw my father come from, uh, that I wanted to put out into the world and share with others. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, I love you sharing about your dad. Um, in fact, you know, I was just talking today. I mean, not today, but this week to, um, I'm an educator. So I was speaking with a student and the student, um, had immigrated here to this country. Um, English is not their first language and felt because of that, that they were inadequate and they had had certain, um, experiences where people treated them like that, you know, because there was an accent involved. And I, you know, I put all barriers aside. Like I actually shed tears with that, with that student because I saw how hardworking they were. I saw how resilient they were. I saw how strong they were. I saw how smart they were. Right. And yet the number one weakness they mentioned was their, their accent. And I'm like, it's not a, it's not a weakness. You coming here to a different country and learning a whole nother language shows how courageous and brave you are. And every step and everything that you do, your children are watching and they see you and they are motivated and they're empowered. So you graduating this program is bigger than you. It's for every Latina uh, student that comes Next, it's for every person that wants to be an educator or do whatever, you know. And so I just love that you mentioned that. And we have to keep that in mind that every decision we make is so much bigger than just ourselves, not just if you're immigrating, but just so much bigger than what we realize. For sure. I feel like I look up to my father so much because I saw the journey that he took. I mean, he came into this country and did not know English. He was, he, he did not have a job. He did not have a place to live. And he desired to have a better life for his family so much that he did whatever it took to get there. He learned English in his teens, which I mean, I am teaching my children Spanish and they are young and it is not easy at that age. Uh, And as you get older, it's harder to learn something. But I saw him going to school when he was already an adult, taking English classes so he could get more proficient. I saw him taking um, carpentry classes. I saw him taking business classes, computer classes, all of these things so that he could be a not only better himself, but better his team. And he may not have been thinking about like his children watching what he's doing, but we were. And I, I am here because of the example that my parents have given me to pursue our passion, but also to be generous and, and teach others how to, uh, be empowered or make a better life for themselves. Absolutely. And I honestly believe like this is a 
a topic I often speak about that we are creating our legacy now. Like people often think about their legacy, like towards the end. I'm like, no, <laughs> this conversation is a part of our legacy, right? Because we don't know at what point who may be listening that is listening and hearing your story, Karina, that just would be like, you know what? I can do it. It's possible, you know? And then they go forth and they make their difference in the world today. So I just, I love that you mentioned that. Um, I want to segue though to pivoting though, because pivoting in a business is what I'm currently doing right now. And I will have to say that it is scary. Yes. So how do you get to that place of like, did you deal with that? And then how did you get to the place of saying, okay, I'm ready to take that step to pivot. Yeah. Um, so like I said, this has been a transition within the past uh, four or five years. So we built up our wedding photography business together. It was very quote unquote successful because I know that success is measured differently. But for us, we were fully booked in our year. We were booking the the couples that we that we enjoyed being around. There was one wedding in particular that really was the trigger for both my husband and I, and it had to deal with racism. I feel like I grew up in a very suburban area, and I grew up around like uh, hearing comments. I was always asked, like going back to the student that you were mentioning, I was always asked to repronounce things, or I was always asked like, oh, well, you know Spanish. Can you teach me all of these words? Or they made it a game. Uh, because I had grown up, I was used to that. I even had an experience where I was over at a friend's house and they were like, my parents are coming home, so you need to leave because they would not be okay that you're here. And as a, a young, maybe young, younger teen, I was like, oh, okay, well, that's just life. Let's just, uh, I'll leave. So I was used to those micro racist comments, uh, microaggressions. But like when we were married, my husband is not of the same racial background as I am. So I feel like this also was a trigger for him because this was the first time that he experienced racism towards his wife and like he was also in it. Uh, so to give the example, this wedding was a themed wedding and they decided to theme it around a quote-unquote Mexican holiday. Uh, and it really isn't that big of a Mexican holiday, but they just really liked drinking tequila. And they're like, we're just going to have it since it's on May 5th. We're going to do the, the whole theme that way. And at that time, we had already booked them as clients. And so I was like, you know what? I'm used to, it is what it is. Let's just go through with this wedding. It was, it was a pretty standard wedding. It was a, it was a beautiful day and I was fine with it. My husband really struggled that day. So I felt like I was like patting his back, like, it's all right. Don't, don't worry. Um, but it was after the wedding when I was like working on the pictures and as I was, like interacting with my kids and like they see when I'm working on wedding photos that it really started to bother me. I feel like that's also when there was starting to be a shift in the political climate. And so things were starting to affect me on a deeper level. And so it was once I finished that 
delivered the wedding was not like upset with the couple. I was just going through a lot of feelings myself and not, and trying to process. And I was, I was like, you know, I think people need a little bit more education. They are okay with making comments. They're okay with certain things that they're doing in their lives because they don't, Maybe because they don't actually have the education or they're, they don't know. So it was after that. Well, they never, they'll never will though. They never will know. Right. You don't, you don't know unless you actually are living it. Right. And so I was like, well, what is my, like me just sitting in this is not doing anything. Like, what can I do to be proactive? What can I do to teach my audience and my friends who are not like me, did not grow up like me, what it was like to grow up like me? A lot of the people like are that we associated with New Mexico and they were like, it's beautiful. We love the beach, but they would only go to beach towns. So I started traveling and I went to Mexico on like this uh, workshop where I was like, I just need to get away. I need to take pictures. I need to, to get back to like clear my head. And it was on that trip that I was like, why don't I just travel to to Mexican towns, stay there, learn the story, share on my social media what my trip is like and bring that back to my audience. And so that really is where the pivot started from, like my shift in my perspective started. And so we did not pivot right away. It's it's always a very slow thing when you're pivoting a whole business. Um, so over the, the past like three years, we've just organically stopped taking weddings. Um, so we did like, we continued serving our couples and we still enjoy doing weddings. We, we do weddings on referral only. Um, but I've shifted my focus to something that I'm passionate about that I feel like is important, not only to my audience, but to other Latinas that are in the same kind of middle ground. They're children of immigrants who were like told to assimilate. And they're also now having children and, and dealing with what that means to teach your children the culture without, with, even if you might not know it fully yourself. Um, so I feel like that is the journey that I'm on. And so I have been pivoting for the past two, three years. And yeah, it is going back to your original question. It is very hard. I mean, if you've built a business, especially if you built it to where you feel like you've reached a good level of success and to then let it go, is it's it's very hard it's it's sometimes you can go back and forth especially in that first period like well the money is so good i don't want to let it go but i'm not happy doing this anymore but i'm going to let people down or i'm going to people are going to think that i don't like doing this anymore or maybe people won't want to listen to what I'm I'm doing now. So yeah, there is a lot of back and forth. It is very hard. Um, 
but at the end of the day, you have to look ahead to what is going to bring you the most clarity and the most joy at the end of the day. Absolutely. Yes. yes. I feel like I said a lot. Um, but oh no, you said you said it was perfect. It was absolutely I was in my head. I'm trying to like remember that I'm being recorded too because I'm normally like, mm, yes, girl. Yeah. Okay. It was so good. And as you were talking, I was like, that's it. That's the bottom line. You know, you can't make a pivot or change in your business until you have clarity and sometimes those clar- the clarity comes in little pieces and financially if you don't plan for it either like and if you just make an abrupt change that that could affect your clarity that can affect you shaping out the model so that you can really build a profitable profitable business but i love what you also share too about um what was like the catalyst to your change um i had a conversation recently and um this woman, I actually adore loving, love talking to her. She is um, Caucasian. And I shared a book, which I've learned about. It's called Waking Up White. And I encourage anyone that's of color or um, if you are from the majority to read this book. You will never understand or live that experience. However, you can get to a place where you can empathize. That's it. And, you know, it's having these tough conversations and hearing Karina's experience or hearing my experience and seeing how can we better create um, space, safe space for everyone's experience to be um, acknowledged and not minimized. And cultural appropriation happens because we're not having those conversations and people don't take the time, as you stated, to educate themselves, you know. So I love that. I love it. I mean, that's a whole nother topic, honey. We can do a whole episode on that. But it's it's necessary to share. It's necessary to share. And those are coming some of the things, too, that I would think, especially entrepreneurs of color, not only do we have to deal with some of the struggles of entrepreneurship, but there's a mindset that may happen or occur because of some of those negative experiences that we had no control over because of people's ignorance. And that also affects our mindset. So I've had instances where I felt like, am I adequate enough? You know, especially if the majority of my, my colleagues are 90% this ethnicity and I look nothing like them. Can they identify with me? Can they see beyond my exterior? And so I tend to, for me, I've had some colleagues and people I've heard who get so focused on that, that it paralyzed them. And for me, I'm like, okay, I need to find my people. I need to find who can connect with my heart. And that's it. Yes, for sure. You know, otherwise you drive yourself nuts. Yeah. I feel like (laughs) the whole, like this entrepreneurial journey is so much based on your mindset. Um, I feel like you can, like, like you said, like, go what, like, let your mind go, go wild to this far end where it says you can't do it. Like, you're not good enough. You can't do this. But at the same time, if you let your mind, like, just soar and dream as big as you can dream, then you can reach that other end. And I feel like, that's something that a lot of entrepreneur 
don't talk about. I I feel like it's starting to become more of a topic where mindset is such an important thing to be aware of and to be taken care of every every day. And to be able to name when those negative thoughts arise and to know how to stop that and shift and pivot your mindset. Because like you said, like I come from a a world that like there are a lot of wedding photographers and we're all cheering each other on and we're like, you can do it and let me pass you this referral. I'm booked on that day. But when I shifted into the fine art world, like the people that I was looking to, to see like who is doing the same thing or similar things that, that I am, like all I found were males that were older and they were doing like travel photography and more like landscapes and like pretty, pretty things. Um, I feel like the, the female entrepreneurs in my, um, circle are more like food bloggers and, uh, like Latina food bloggers, health coaches. I didn't see a lot of photographers going to their specific countries, taking pictures, telling the stories. And so because I didn't see anything at first, you can be like, well, there's no one in this space. So maybe no one is going to listen to me. Uh, People don't want to see that. They want to see the beat. They want to see the... So you can go down. But at the same time, if you switch that mindset... And say like, you know what? There's no one in this space. So that means someone needs to be speaking into this space because just like I'm having these same thoughts and struggling with these same situations, I need encouragement. So I can be that one to encourage someone else because I know I'm not alone. Or the people I, there's people that I have come across that have told me like, I cannot leave the U.S. And when you go to Mexico and you take pictures, I see my home. And that's the only time that I can see like Mexico until I get like my citizenship or my visa or whatever. Um, So I feel like I have for as much as I can like get into that negative, you have to be able to take those stories and the people that are saying like, thank you so much for saying this because no one has ever said this or thank you so much for taking a picture of this little town in Mexico because I haven't seen that or like I desire to go back because of that. And so like focusing on those things and making sure that is part, that is your why um, is so powerful. And so that's what I, if anyone is looking to pivot, like, yes, it is so hard, especially if you're going from a successful business and shifting to to a completely different market. It can be so hard, but you have to grab onto that why and focus on the people that you are making a difference in their lives. Yes. Man, it's so true. It's so true. And, you know, I mean, it's the reason why most businesses aren't going to make it to the first five years. They just, they just, you have to have total grit. I think there's a book 
that talks about that for like um, youth and education and talks about grit, grit and passion. I forgot the name of the, the um, person that did that Ted talk, but um, it is, it's, it's necessary. And that's normally when I'm coaching my clients, your first step is discovering who you are and be completely aware of your own strengths and your capability of achieving your desires, whatever that may be, you know? And I think it's, I think it's wonderful that we also need to think and consider what about the people that we have helped? What about those people that said, Oh my gosh, you made a difference because we tend to focus on that one negative comment or that. I remember once, like I was trying, I was busting my butt. Okay. Both cheeks. Okay. And I was a struggling new entrepreneur, bootstrapping, just started my podcast, did not have the money or the the equipment to get good sound quality. Okay. So I was just making it happen however I can. And one of the comments in my um, Apple podcast was, oh, you know, it's good content, but hopefully she can get a sponsor that can help with like, you know, getting better sound. And I'm like, I know, you know, (laughs) I just didn't have the funds. I I just, it was one last, less thing for me to purchase at that point. I needed to focus on other aspects of my business. So um, but that really stuck with me. And so those are things sometimes that come in my head. Is my sound quality enough? You know, even though I know the content is great and I have amazing people like Karina, are they willing to really listen if I got one um or the kids decide to walk in, you know? <laughs> yes. I mean, I've been on calls and the dog starts barking and my child busts yes. in the door and I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> Do you remember that guy who was interviewing? Um, it may have been on CNN and the kid walked in and the mom came in and she was like falling on the floor and like, yes. oh my goodness. I, when that came out, I was like, yes, I can relate to this. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's real. That is real life. That is real life. Okay. I do want to ask like in your business, how are you showcasing what do you specifically focus on when you're showcasing the different elements of Mexico that you want people to see versus what's seen in, you know, mainstream? Yeah. So I, when I traveled to Mexico, when I, well, I'll start for when I was a child, I would only go visit my family, which I have family in Guadalajara. I also have family in Zacatecas and Monterrey. So that those are just three cities. I've been to Guadalajara the most. I think I visited the other cities maybe once when I was a child. Um, but we would go every year to visit family, stay for a week, and then we'd head over to the beach and do vacation. Um, so I, even me growing up, I only had one vision of what Mexico was. Like we'd go see family and go to the beach. And when I was having this uh, change or this pivot in my way of thinking about how I wanted to present Mexico to my children, I visited a completely new city in Mexico. And when I visited that city, I realized that even in Mexico, just like in the U.S., there's such diversity in the food, in the the way people might dress or the way people might, even the architecture is diverse in, in different parts of Mexico. 
And that was the first eye-opening experience that I was like, I have been coming to Mexico my whole life, but only to one part. And I really wanted to expand and learn more about my culture as a whole. Like, where did I actually come from? Like the tribes that, that I was a part of, that my family's lineage is from. And so when I present the things that I share about Mexico, I am traveling to different Mexican cities all over Mexico. And so I share in two ways. I share through my social media. So on my Instagram feed, I will share photos or of my trip to, trips to Mexico that I take when I when I travel. I also share about daily life like as a parent raising biracial kids uh, as a, and then also my journey in learning to cook Mexican food. Those are like the three main things I share on Instagram. But when I'm in Mexico, I'm very active on Instagram stories. So I'm, I'm posting about what I'm eating, the, the history that I'm learning, the places that I visit, the things that I learn. I go on Instagram live and I talk about the trip in general on my blog. I'm sharing like a breakdown of where I went, where I stayed, where uh, I feel like I would go back to like recommendations, like this is what I ate or like explaining the food that we ate and how it might be different from different parts. Um, so th I share a lot on my social channels as far as like my travel and my the culture that I'm learning along the way. Uh, my fine art photography. So I take pictures in Mexico. I print them locally. I frame them myself and I get them ready so that when they are sent to your home, like you could just pull it out of the box and it's ready to hang right on your wall. So those those uh, collections are specific to the Mexican cities that I travel to. So I right now I have th uh, two cities out. And with each collection on my website, like I am sharing the story of that city. So each picture has a story, whether it's historical about the image that I took or cultural about the, the background of that city that I visited or just Mexican culture in general. Uh, I'm sharing that with each work of art that I deliver. And so I also not only share the story on the website, I include that story when I send the print or the framed print out. Um, so those are many different ways wow. that I'm sharing about Mexican culture in general, um, hopefully making it the most accessible to, to people. Absolutely. Wow. Very intentional. Very intentional. Yes. So would you have to how I do have one more question before we get to our final question, because I think this is this will be on the mind of many people who are emerging entrepreneurs. But when you go from one model of business to another. So now this is completely different. Now you're framing things. Now you're you know, you're taking your taking the picture, framing it, sending it out and stuff like that. Um, what? What kind of plans did you have to make in order to tr tr transition that way? Yes, this 
has been a learning curve for me for sure. Because going from a service-based business where it's like you're getting paid, we like a little bit upfront when they book. So you're able to invest that right away. You're able to put that towards the website or new gear. Um, and it's a, it's a pretty nice chunk of money that you're getting and you don't have a lot of expenses. So switching that from, from going from service-based to product-based where I'm having to purchase inventory. I'm having to do a lot of testing as far as like the prints go. I'm having to invest in the travel. Um, it was a shock, but because I come from that business background, I was prepared. So we did a lot of saving for that. So when we knew that we, I wanted to pivot the business, we cut out a lot of the expenses that we didn't need for the wedding industry anymore. I stopped marketing. We stopped ordering like our brochures and we went to just online PDF versions. Um, so we started saving money and just little by little investing. So I would go and get it one test print. And once I was happy with how that was coming out, then I was able to print like the whole collection. Um, I would order like a small order of frames. And then once I got paid again, I would invest in more frames. And so then I could increase the inventory that I had on the website. Um, yeah, it is, it is very tricky. It is a balancing act. I think having that fund and having a source of continued income while you are shifting is very important. So I do... And I, so I do still photograph weddings. I work for another company. So that has opened up a lot more time for me to be able to uh, not have to edit or deal with contracts or, or any of the back end work. And I can just go and photograph a wedding, get paid, and then reinvest that into my business. So I don't suggest like just stopping <laughs> income co from coming in completely. You have to have a plan in place and to know the numbers. Like we knew the numbers before we even like stopped marketing, um, knowing how much it was going to cost to deliver, how much it was going to cost to purchase one frame. And like we did the pricing structure and we were pretty, and even like once you set it, it's, it can shift and change as you, as the business starts going. So I feel like in that first five years of business, like you, it is still trial and error. Like you can be as prepared as you, as you want, but until you actually make a sale, until you actually have the systems in place and you're testing them out and seeing which is the most effective, the most cost conscious, uh, you won't know for sure until you actually do it. Um, but that's why I think it's so important to have that plan in place and to not just cut out the, the income, the stream of income completely. And so I was working, I am working with uh, another photography company and they were shifting to hire um, associates. And so 
it, there was an understanding like, hey, I just need something for like two years and I'll help you out testing out your associate program and how that flow goes. If you let me like do this with you for the next two years. Um, so yeah, I feel like it was, it, it worked out the way it was supposed to work out at the time that it did. Yes, I love it. So listeners, there are instances in business that you definitely just want to start, right? You don't want to get paralyzed. But there are other instances in your business where you need to plan accordingly. And it is no shame in saying, hey, let me pick up a part-time job or work with another business owner to kind of get some things off of your shoulders as you're going through a pivot because there are going to be some major changes that you may have to to do, including saving. So I totally get that. And um, you know, you never want to be in a, a financial strain because you're making a pivot. It will affect your uh, creativity. It can affect you making proper decisions that aren't based on an emotional um, frame of mind that you may be in. And so you want to definitely have as much clarity and as much um, peace <laughs> as you can possibly have as you're making decisions towards this. Yes, for sure. I love it. I love it. All right. Final question. Um, if you can go back many, many years ago to the very first time, your very first year of entrepreneurship, you're a newbie. What advice would you give yourself? Oh my goodness. I feel as... So I have evolved quite a bit in the past 10 years, 11 years of entrepreneurship. Um, And thinking back, oh my goodness, thinking back to when I first started, I felt like everything had to be perfect before even putting it out into the world. And it goes back to that paralyzing feeling uh, where you, you get into in your own head, in your own mind, and it stops you from actually taking action. Um, so I feel like And this was like when social media was first starting with like Instagram, pre-Instagram, but especially when Instagram started and people started using it for business, I was very much like, I can't post anything unless it's perfect and I can't post this and I don't want to be on video and I don't want like... If, if this goes wrong in the session that I'm having with my client, then it's going to devastate me. And I feel like those little moments, like you cannot wait for that perfection for you to actually take action. Uh, I feel like just, I don't like the term fake it till you make it because it just, it leaves too much room for, um, entitlement or, or maybe arrogance. Um, but you definitely need to put on your like, confident hat whether you have to step and do like a power pose or yes or tell yourself you are worthy you are ready like even if you don't feel it like saying those words to prepare yourself to be in that frame of confidence so that way you can push out all those negative feelings and take action even before you feel that you're ready 
I feel like feelings can get in the way of business way too much. And sometimes like you're going to fail, but that's part of doing your own business. It's part of life. Like we all fail, but it, it, the important thing is that you learn from your failures and move forward into growth. Mm. I thank Instagram for letting me meet you because you are wonderful, Karina. Oh, thank oh, you. My goodness. This conversation has like <laughs> renewed my my spirit. I feel like I'm going to listen back to that this and and be like, "Whoa, I said that." This is this You are fabulous. You are on fire, okay? Um it's just it's just been wonderful. I feel the same way. And this is I mean, we're this is virtual and I feel the energy from this conversation and I'm just so thankful for you being transparent, being vulnerable, sharing so much aspects of, of your journey. Please tell the listeners where they can find you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, yes. So my website is karinamora.com. That's K-A-R-I-N-A-M-O-R-A.com. There's no T. A lot of people think my name's Katrina. It is not. <laughs> it is Karina. Uh, and then on Instagram, I am Karina Mora underscore Prince. All right. And those are the two two places that I'm most active. I have a blog and Instagram that I post on almost every day. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you again. I really appreciate your time today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. This conversation has been great. Thanks for tuning into the show. Dive in deeper by visiting the show notes for this episode or listening to more episodes on jasminehaley.com. If you found value in the show, share with a friend or leave us a review. I'll see you next time. Bye.